Hey, welcome back to the Infos Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. This is episode two. Oh, sorry, three twenty-eight. Daryl, why are two of my windows that. tented? Why? It's just two. <laughs> why just two, Daryl? Why? Uh, anyway, all right. So this week we've got. Uh, it's back to being called the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I still haven't watched episode four, and I kind of wish I hadn't watched episode seven. <laughs> not gonna lie. Uh, we're going to talk about the finale, hopefully series, of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we've got season like one. I threw that in there. <laughs> we've got season one of Reacher um, that we're going to talk about in its entirety uh, to completion, if you will. Um, and then we got news bites on um, Terror on the Prairie, Obi Wan, uh, the Discovery Warner Media uh, merger which uh, passed its antitrust, so we'll get into that a little bit. And then uh, Reacher already got picked up for season two, so we'll talk about that before we even talk about season one. Um, but before we get started, D, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. It has been a busy week. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for good to have it. Uh, the Good to be on the weekend now, as they say. Yeah, you got a big weekend ahead of you. You might like next week. You might be like super stoked or like suicidal. <laughs> there's gonna be no. There's gonna be no in between for Daryl on Monday. Um, is your uh, is your place of business letting you guys off on Monday? Uh, they did not say anything about it. I didn't check any emails. So, I mean, today was like a busy day from a work standpoint. Yeah. So, and and again, my emails. I usually see them on my phone yeah. because for whatever reason they don't I, I made it so they don't pop up on my actual work ah, computer. Yeah, smart. Yeah, I uh yeah, like our, ours of emails. Is, ours is off. Yeah, I got to close that. Ours ours is uh off on Monday for the the yeah. outcome either the the crushing defeat or the the highest highs of victory. So all my Monday morning Yeah, Cincinnati me all my Monday meetings got moved to today and so I was like ugh. <laughs> So. Yeah, Cincinnati public schools are going to be closed. Yeah, the kids' schools are closed, like, you know, all, all the way out here in the burbs. Um, but, yeah, so the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Uh, but more importantly, if you guys have not checked it out yet, I actually sat down this week with director Aaron Casales uh, from South of Heaven and, and talked to him for 40 whole minutes, uh, just about, just under 40 minutes. Uh, about what it's like to be a filmmaker and what it's like to be an Israeli filmmaker and what it's like to be an Israeli filmmaker working with American A-listers for the first time, which was great to to hear. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he's great. He is welcome to come and pitch anything and talk about anything he wants to talk about on the show from here until the end of time. One hundred percent. He was awesome. Um. Yeah. So now we got to get Evangeline Lilly uh, <laughs> to talk to her uh, coming out of coming out of that. I got to figure out. I might be like, hey, man, hey, can you uh, can you help me set this up? Uh, and, and I actually have another surprise interview, um, but I am I'm not going to tell who that is until after it posts. So. Anyway, so you're not going to actually tell who it is. Oh, no, I'm absolutely until not going to tell it, who it is. So um, I like that. Yeah, nice little teaser right there. To, that'll that'll hopefully be next week. It might be the week after, but it, it's coming soon. So, anyway, um, but yeah, so we we've got. Oh man, we got we had an episode 
this week of all this stuff. But before we get to all of that, why don't why don't we kick it with uh, with Terror on the Prairie? I'm actually gonna play the trailer in the background. Um, I don't know if you have it up or not. No, I did have it up, but okay. uh, now I've watched it a couple times yeah. already. I'm just gonna put it on to what, what I'm talking about. I'm gonna have this sound okay. pretty low, but uh, man, what a trailer. Or teaser. I'm sorry. It's a teaser. Calling it a trailer yeah, is, all... is a gross overstatement. It's a minute and four second long. Um, it's got some darkness to it. It's got a whole bunch of Gina being badass. Uh, it's got some Nick Cersei goodness. Uh, it looks great. Like, it looks really good. And I love the blue, like, gels that they're using over everything to kind of make everything look a little darker. And I don't know. I, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I well, I said it was a western. Check. Mm-hmm. Gina Carano. Check. Nick Cersei. Check. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Check. So I'm I'm all in. I I was trying to figure out what it reminded me of, and then I thought it reminds me of a, a trailer for an A24 movie. Like you think of like the Hereditaries. It has that type yeah. of. The, if you listen to the music and just how the the or it's not like how the teaser. Mm-hmm. lays it out it has that there's a forebodingness about it that goes beyond you know just stuff happening on the prairie it just has that type of deep feel to it that something's really wrong mm-hmm. so an eeriness that's the word i was looking for sure yeah there's there's <clears throat> definitely an underlining like tone of like um that that um the sound that went along with like the inception trailer that like right there is that feeling that that sound gives you um while you're while you're watching this trailer and yeah it's it just looks really good um kudos to the daily wire i mean i know they took their time with this one they uh they were gonna do a different movie with her that kind of fell through because of like mandates in hollywood and stuff like that so they they just kind of effortly switched to to terror on the prairie um, plus, they have Shut In, which we're going to review um, probably on Tuesday. Well, we'll review it and release it on Tuesday. Um, hopefully, we'll get to watch it this week, and I'm definitely watching it tomorrow. Um, but yeah, just the Daily Wire's killing it this weekend with the uh, with the culture war. Yeah, and again, it's one thing to put out stuff. You have to need it. Would like for the you know when we talk about the culture war, mm-hmm. you have to put out good stuff. Yeah. And again, their first foray into this run hide fight, I thought was an excellent movie. I'm hoping Shut In looks. Ex- it was one of those trailers that made me very uncomfortable watching that. And I'm hoping the movie is as good as that trailer was. And then you have Terror on the Prairie. So I mean, this is a good start. This the, is. I the, mean, it's, the run hide fight trailer was good, right? The run hide try run run hide fight movie was really good. I wouldn't. I don't know if it was excellent. It was really really good though, right? I really liked it. Yeah. Um. I I, I had. You can go back and listen to our review. I had my nits to pick. Um. And I I thought they were fair. So we've also been fooled by trailers from movie studios for years, right? So I'm hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not gonna get my hopes. Like I'm not like. Terror on the Prairie is robbed for being the best picture of 2022 last oh, year at the Oscars, no. right? I have no idea about that. So this is where my, where I look, I judge my hopes, or I see Run Hide Fight. I enjoyed that a lot. 
if shut in, if I enjoy shut in as much as I enjoyed run, hide, fight, then that's where I will raise my expectation levels for terror on the prairie, even though it's totally different movies. And it's like a 24. I've seen enough a 24 movies to say, okay, yes, there might be a dud within these movies, but overall I, I usually enjoy those movies very much. So that's where I kind of like, cause you know, a 24 is another one of those studios that have those just kind of outside the box thinking type of movies. And generally speaking, like I said, they're very good. And again, I don't see terror on the prairie being like you said, like just a banger, but it, I think it's going to, if again, if these other movies continue to like, if shut in is as good as it looks, then I'm going to, I have hope, high hopes for terror on the prairie. I think it'll be another entertaining spectacle. Yep. 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 I agree. All right. Let's move on to the next, uh, fun bit of news here we got is uh we got the release date for the obi-wan kenobi show on uh disney plus and we got the uh obi-wan kenobi trailer um which led to a really fun meme uh about like the star wars tv shows there's three shows they have a huge budget yet they all use the same set What did I tell you when I saw this one? I was like, uh, you've had I'm tired of Tatooine. So yeah, um, so yeah, so it uh, it debuts. I think May twenty second is the twenty uh, fifth. Twenty fifth. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned. Um, just again, that like Disney does not have the best uh, the best record with legacy characters. You know what I mean? No, they don't. And uh, I, I'm really concerned that Kumail Nanjiani is in this. Um, hopefully, he learned his lesson and he's going to not be an asshole to fans about whatever he's doing in this. But I, I do think he's just kind of an asshole. So, I, you know, this this is one of those like 48% of things that I'm going to support that I don't fully agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although it does have OJ Jackson Jr. in it who is ice cube jr and i really like him and i really want to see him in more stuff um so there's that so maybe kamel is just like in a little itty bit of it which is shame too because um that movie stuber that he did with blue tista was actually like really mm-hmm. funny it's really funny oh, i it's never well, saw it. i never well worth that. watching um but yeah uh so there was that they also announced that ray winstone is gonna or not wait not ray winstone fuck that guy uh ray stevenson thank you is gonna be uh in ahsoka with uh with rosario dawson so uh, well i know did you see the rumor i have not had seen anything to confirm it but the rumor for obi-wan that rupert friend might show up as a grand inquisitor hmm. which is very interesting because we i'm with you Based on what, and again, kind of like what we were talking about with Terror on the Prairie, if, if you know, or an A24, it's the opposite with Disney and Star Wars. After this Bubba Fett, even though, again, even though I enjoyed The Mandalorian, you had the Bad Batch, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. You have Bubba Fett, which when Bubba Fett was in it, it was extremely disappointing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again. I don't know. Hello there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I love Ewan yeah. McGregor being back. 
General I'm very Kenobi. concerned. I don't know where the Grand Inquisitor fits in this timeline, though. Yeah, I... like this. This all depends on when this happens because, like, Luke and Leia are the same age as Ezra. Or let me rephrase that: Ezra is the same age as Luke and Leia. He was born on Empire Day, just like they were. Okay. Um, he's the chosen one. Anyway, um, <laughs> um. Anyway, he uh, so like the Grand Inquisitor could very well be dead, you know, at this point. Right. So that that might just be a, a rumor. Um, and unless they're doing Flash I, again, I don't. We don't know really much about this series at all. Right. So because you're right, it, a lot of it depends on you know where they decide to put the timeline, whether they you know fast forward it up or and then in order to show flashbacks, which again I'm kind of tired of that of them using flashbacks yeah well i mean as Ar- much as arrow did. ran it into the ground and then yeah like my gag about the- supernatural like arrow ran that with flashbacks into the ground way more than i've done with supernatural ah, and i've done yes. that with supernatural a lot yeah it's really my favorite a thing lot. to annoy you with <laughs> And at this point, I do it just to annoy you and Haley. So, jeez, oh, she's she's all in on the Winchester boys. So, <laughs> she even calls uh, Sam Moose like that's how she refers to him when she's talking about him. Okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jared Padalecki, you big dumb moose. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, like I, this is a total wait and see, right? Um. Like they have Andor coming out later this year as well. And to be honest, I was excited at first, but as you can hear me yawning, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, at this point, so Star Wars is on life support to me. Um, not for me, yeah. not for my love of like the IP and the original trilogy and the EU <coughs> and like you know, and even the like Rogue One. Rogue One is really the only good like. Disney Star Wars that we Disney got. Star Wars. So, yes. I mean l- like Rebels was great. I loved Rebels. Um but that was that was Dave Filoni being in his environment. Um but yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um we'll see what happens here with this, but May 25th. So I mean it'll be here before we uh before we know it. Uh all right. Let's talk uh Discover Warner Media um, merging. Uh, it, it passed the antitrust, um, or it got, I guess, antitrust clearance. So it's not going to be a no- monopoly, is essentially what that means. Um, but now it says the uh, the mega deal is expected to close in the second quarter. So that means after March of 2022, um, after the waiting period for the antitrust stuff is to expire. And that was the last hurdle that they really had to do. If I am anyone working at DC Comics right now, and I am the least bit divisive with fans, and my book that was touted in the media as a revelation about a massive change to the sexual preference of a character, and that book is selling less than 20,000 issues, and I'm a writer, and I'm from Australia, I'm pissing my pants right now. 
that was oddly specific. No, I'm 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 trying. I'm I'm just I'm being super vague. So you know, uh, I I, I could be talking about many people. If I'm uh, if I'm a a non-binary uh, woman of color who likes to talk about how non-binary she is, yet refers to herself as a woman, um, who ruined Static Shock, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Because she had nothing to do with the Static Shock cartoon. The character name is Static. Who ruined Static in the uh, in the modern age? I would be shaking in my boots as well. Um, so yeah, Vita, Tom. Hopefully, you guys are both fucked. <laughs> so I, I I do I think I you know I I think uh, if this deal happens anytime soon, hopefully that means this god awful Flashpoint movie is not going to happen. Um, Batwoman gets canceled. Uh, what were we talking about last week? Um, Gotham Knights. Yeah, Gotham Knights from the Batwoman writers. Like, how are the how are these people still getting work? You know, I mean, yeah, they they should they're in the David Goyer category of they shouldn't be allowed oh, to geez. write their names on a napkin. <laughs> yeah, like David Goyer should be allowed to sign things, but like he should not be able to like even sign his name on a napkin for money. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Trinity. I mean, come on. I mean, that wasn't the worst movie in the world. It's not the worst, but it like, come on, coming off of it. It was. Blade it was. Two, I would. Yeah. Oh no, coming off come Blade Two. Yes, absolutely. It was one of those movies where it's like, you know what? This is a bad movie, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed parts of it. But if you're if you're you know what you have to because it's a trilogy. Look at Blade One and Blade Two, and then you get that. That's. Yeah. That's that's like Spider Man, Spider Man Two, then Spider Man Three. It's yeah. it's that type of a fall. Oh, Although I didn't I, enjoy it. I it might Spider-Man even be 3. worse than Spider Man Three. Yeah, I Maybe. I enjoyed I that far know. more. Uh, that's yeah, that's like tossing a coin. I, I you know I I will give Blade Trinity this. We got the prototype for Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and we got a glimpse glimpse into. Uh, what Ryan Reynolds' career was going to look like for the next twenty years, so um, because he's never not played Hannibal King at that point. Plus, we got a movie where Parker went full posy, so um, which oh, she absolutely did. You know, I as much as I I, I, I rail on that, I, I I I do enjoy, but no, this this is interesting. So AT and T is divesting itself from Warner Media almost completely. I think completely, actually, and. <coughs> You know, it's one of those things, uh, you know, some Democrats apparently, according to this article in Hollywood Reporter, had expressed antitrust worries, leading observers to describe the the passing of the waiting period without any attempts to block the deal as its biggest potential hurdle. This transaction raises significant antitrust concerns, wrote De- Democratic member of Congress, members of Congress, including uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, in a letter to the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland and Justice Department Antitrust Chief Jonathan Cantor. Um, quick aside, the one of the women trying to primary AOC has uh, her campaign slogan is make uh, AOC bartend again. Oh. I don't know. I just saw that, but it made me laugh, and I kind of want to get that shirt. Um Anyway, but they've avoided they so it's they've they've avoided this. I mean, Discovery is a much more pragmatic entertainment company 
than AT&T ever would be because AT&T is a telecom. They are not a they're they're not an entertainment company. So th- there's going to be some cost cutting. Um I think we're going to see some uh some consolidation. So Discovery Plus, HBO Max is probably going to be consolidated into one platform. Um I imagine <laughs> CNN is going to change completely because the people from Discovery have come out and uh David Zale, uh Zasloff has said he wants CNN to be nonpartisan, uh, which is what CNN started out as, by the way. Let's not yeah, forget. Absolutely this. did. Um <clears throat> and 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 you know, so there's that. Uh TBS, TNT, HDTV, Food Network, Discovery Channel. These are all like, you know, really great, like centrist channels that mm-hmm. you know you can watch. I mean, but here's the thing, it's like like I love I don't know about you, I love watching HDTV. Uh, cause I like uh, uh, doing stuff. Like I like building things uh, with my hands. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, like doing I love watching the food network. Like yeah. Food network. Yeah. I love to cook. Um, <laughs> but like if you want to look for shows with like representation where it's not shoved down your throat, watch HGTV for a day, just for a day. And you're going to be like, damn, everyone on this channel is fucking cool. A hundred percent. Same thing with a lot of food. Yeah. Food network. Yeah. So, absolutely. But you know, they just you know people just can't get out of their own way. So I I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Discovery to come in and take over Warner Brothers. A hundred percent. Um, there there's been a, a concerted effort to to push for the uh, the Snyderverse, like you know, for people to to tweet about it, to stream the Snyderverse stuff. I say, let the Snyderverse die. <gasps> no, I knew, I knew you felt like that. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying it to be facetious. No, I, I'm just saying, like, there, there is a, a much, there's a, there's a better version of DC Comics that we can get right now that is more optimistic and more in line with what these characters are and not just a retread of Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Rise, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that's where, like, I know, I, I know that we, with the Superman we got wasn't the Superman we wanted, even though I loved it, the first Man of Steel at least. I think that was where he was going, though, with the Superman. And, 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 and again, listen, kind of listening to him, uh, he, I know there's one one uh, interview where he mentioned, you know, kind of going in that direction. Now, I don't think he would have because, you know, it's still that Zack Snyder. So I still think he would have had elements. Of what we saw in, you know, Dawn of Justice, Man of Steel, the Snyder Cut, Justice League. But I, I, I and I see where you're coming from with that. And again, I just want good movies. I mean, I would love to see a Snyderverse uh, because I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder. But guess what? I would also love to see, just see good DC movies. I don't yeah. care who's behind the you know, yeah. who's behind the camera. That's all I want. Is I, good DC. I, I want good DC movies that don't involve <laughs> The Rock or Ezra Miller. That's fair. Or Jason Momoa. <laughs> You're coughing. I need to Anybody stop. Else? I need to stop these little asides. <laughs> no, um, I, I just love how you're like, we're just moving. <laughs> and I just barely caught it. <laughs> I mean, Jason Momoa's fine. I mean, he's fine. He's it's he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. 
fine. I just really, <laughs> really hope we get a good turn of stuff with this merger. Because that was one of the things yeah. I had in notes, like about CNN, you know, with the resignation of Zucker, like the abysmal ratings. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I mean, our, we, we get almost as many views. No, I'm kidding. We don't get anywhere near CNN. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's, we do we do okay. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, you know, we could do better on YouTube, you people listening, who can go watch our stuff on YouTube, especially my interview with Aaron Gazales. Um, and <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful for this. I, I think uh, it's stock symbol is going to be WBD. Uh, I might actually yeah. just invest in it because that's how much I want it to succeed. See where it goes. Uh, yeah, I, that's I really. Not, that's not the advice. That's just something I might do with enough money that I'm comfortable be, with losing. Be, oh, because again, of, I bought my first what? two NFTs this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am uh, diversifying nice. my crypto into <clears throat> NFTs. So, um, fiat money is not the only funny money that I'm going to be playing with. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, but yeah, it, this I I think I think this is this is good. I I think this will, will hopefully help. And um, yeah, let's talk about Jack Reacher, season two. Good shows get rewarded. They really do, right? I mean, and this is the fastest pickup we've ever seen from Amazon. Yeah, because I don't think the boys days? even three got days. Picked up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think the boys even got picked up this fast. I don't believe they did. So uh, the first season is based on the killing on Killing Floor, uh, which is the first Lee Child's novel. Um, Amazon Studios, Skydance, and Paramount Television Studios produced, and uh, they also produced the movie starring Tom Cruise. Did you yeah, which I saw that. I did not know that until I saw that article. So, um, but yeah, it, it says here the entire Reacher team, cast, production writers, etc., is so happy. With the wonderful reception the show has received, um, said Santora in a statement, Amazon, Skydance, and Paramount have been such fantastic partners, and everyone is excited to roll up their sleeves and get to work on what will be a great season two. Um, Childs also added, partnering with Amazon Studios for season one of Reacher was a total delight. They had our backs every step of the way, and it really shows in every line and in every frame. So I'm thrilled we'll be working together again for season two. This is very exciting news. I can't wait to get started. Reacher couldn't be in better hands. Um, Seems like they follow the source material. I mean, this is what happens when you follow the source material. And I just got to say, um, what was it? In episode three or four with Willa Fitzgerald when she uh, she had her way with uh, with Jack. Uh, I was not prepared for the the the. The greatness that was the Willa Fitzgerald nude scene. <laughs> I I was absolutely not expecting that at all. I was because I was like Honestly. I was all in on uh on her character and uh and, and then that happened and I was like I'm all in on Willa Fitzgerald moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, talk about that more when we, we talk about we Reacher, but yeah, um, I uh, but yeah, yeah, but again, good shows, you know, and. And again, I've never read the books, but same. It it just seems like it followed the book, unlike some Amazon stuff that's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, 
Uh, also, but and we'll get we to can this talk too. about that some other time. I think Mal- <clears throat> Malcolm Godwin. I'm, I'm a huge fan. He was the best. Well, he was one of the best. One of the two best parts of iZombie. So um, yes. But speaking of, let's just Love let's just that. jump into the book of of Boba Fett real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding when I say I hope this is the series finale. Like I don't want more of this. I'm not interested in more of this. I I'm I'm not interested in in this version of Boba Fett. I I'm not interested in in you know what Phoenix Shand may or may not be doing. Um. Yeah, I just I'm just not. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I said it last week after two absolutely non-Boba Fett episodes that we thoroughly enjoyed. I was afraid this week was going to get back to the stuff that was, that had the, the Boba Fett story that had so many problems that it just disappointed us. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with, with princess Boba Fett. I did not like, first of all, the idea of where they went with this story with Boba Fett. I did not like it from the start. Hold on, let's do our let's do our uh, our episode <laughs> like series finale chapter seven in the in the name of honor. Um, <laughs> I have honor. You have honor. You have no honor. Honor, honor. Ugh. Um. So, out of five convoluted stories, what do you give this? Uh, I think I'm being generous when I say this, but I give it a two point five. There were a couple things that worked for me. It's just a lot of stuff that didn't. And yeah. I did see a quote from Stephen Perry. And, and I was trying to figure out, I was like, it just felt lifeless. And I read his quote. And I, and I was thinking that before I read his quote. And he said, it looked pretty, but as substantive as cotton candy in the Sahara. Hmm. And I said, you know what? That's it. Because it felt soulless. Yeah, there were good parts of it, but it really felt soulless to me. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that statement. It is, it is soulless. There is, there is no soul to this. There is no, uh, there is no love to the craft that was this show. This is a money grab. Um, Robert Rodriguez directed this episode. <laughs> so Robert Rodriguez directed three of the seven episodes. Um. In in my opinion, Robert Rodriguez is done with Star Wars. Should be done with Star Wars. Let's not let's not invite him back for more. Um, we've it's seen what he can not. do. Yes, uh, there's a reason his episode of The Mandalorian was only 19 minutes long. Uh, because when you give him 45 minutes, um, it's like the forward pass in football. Uh, three things can happen. Two of them are bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like these. All these episodes say written by John Favreau, but none of these feel like John Favreau written episodes. I, I feel the same way because of what we've seen from Favreau before. Again, it's just. It's almost like he wrote an outline and gave it to someone else and said, hey, you know, fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I think that's being generous. Yes. 
So yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, that that's a hundred percent being generous. Um, yeah, I I don't I just don't know. I think uh, I, this is such, it was such a okay. One, I hate rancors now. I hate them. <laughs> like if I was if I was a character in the Star Wars universe, my whole goal would be to making rancors extinct after this episode. That's how much I hate Rancors at this point. It, like, watching this episode made me really happy that the HasLab Rancor failed. I was going to ask you about and, that. And, and broke the hearts of the people who wanted it. By the way, I'm going to have a Razor Crest for sale starting on Tuesday, if anybody wants it. Uh, we'll, 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 start the, we'll start the bidding at, at $800. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the mod crew... Um, the mod pads, you know, they were, they were horrible. They, they did not fit. I despise them. I absolutely despise them. They don't fit in with Star Wars at all. Um, the girl moped rider is the homeless man's Jen Erso. There was nothing. These people need us. These people need us. So, I mean, Felicity Jones was is is amazing like i love her i think she's a great actress i loved her as jen urso of course the best line jen urso had was in the trailer that ended up on the cutting room floor of the movie but that's another story um and that has nothing to do with felicity jones but I, I don't even care who these actors were and will i am does not need to be in star wars anymore either uh let's let's just no put that out there um <laughs> Okay, so spoilers. Cad Bane, is he dead? If they're smart, he's not. So Star Wars Theory has a great three-minute episode um, talking about why he's not and how he survived. So, um, But now Bacta is all of a sudden like the biggest MacGuffin in all of Star Wars. <laughs> so, like again, if they do that, they ruin Bacta. It's um, it's it's like the triple blood that saved uh, Kirk yeah. in yep. Into Darkness. Yep. Uh, they made Kersantan look like a cuck. Uh, oh god! And watching him limp down the street, and I swear to God, his Wookiee boot was falling off of his foot. I swear to God, it was. <laughs> I, I swear on your life that that was. <laughs> falling off once again my life is being put to the test (laughs) um but yeah uh you know and i so people are really bad shots in star wars for the most part right oh my god except for when din jaren is involved and then i think his particular like style or forged version of beskar Gives off a frequency that is magnetic to blaster <laughs> bolts because he's constantly getting tink, 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 tink. Um, yeah, and one that's a really cool sound, so uh, that's it's always fun to hear. But at the end of the day, um, like Cad Bane shot Boba where there was no armor multiple times, yes, I twice. I thought twice. he shot him twice, it was two times, twice. yes. Shoot me two times. Two times. Two times. As I run away. Um, you know, and, and then Cad Bane started monologuing. But the fact that Den never gets shot in a place that, like, because the 
the Beskar armor does not cover a whole lot. It doesn't. Like it, it is like the armor <laughs> that 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 some of these uh, Gamergate girls complain about. In, in mm-hmm. games, like where it's like, well, she's just wearing boob armor and that's it. It's like, yeah, that's essentially what the Mandalorians wear. <laughs> yeah. Although like, Dan, his his uh, armor cover does cover a lot more than Boba mm. does. That is that is that is true. And uh, his is bright, shiny silver and Boba's is a, a very matte green. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I. I don't know. The gaffy stick came back into play. The 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 humanization of the Tuscans was was front and center. Um, you know, Cad Bane talked about how the the Pikes killed his his uh his Tuscan pets. Uh you know, the best part of the episode was Din and Grogu flying away, and. Uh, Grogu slamming the ball on the like the uh, the cockpit, like go faster, do it again. That was the best part of the episode. It, I love that. He's like, just one more time. That was funny. I again, I like. There were moments, uh, very few and far between. I like some of the stuff when you had Boba and Mando together fighting together back to back. That was pretty cool. I like those droids, which let's be honest, they would have wiped out. Oh, the everybody. giant, the giant battle droids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where those were, were pretty cool. Where were those with the, uh, <laughs> with the uh, the droid army with Winduku? Like just <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they were they were lightsaber impervious. They were you know, um, evidently they weren't rancor impervious though. No, um, no. And there's no way Black or Sand survived any of that, right? Like, because when he got taken down by a bunch of like scrubs, dog pile on the rabbit, dog pile on the rabbit, right? Like, it's that's like, what that was. <laughs> it's like he, he he's supposed to be. We all we've heard about is what badass his Wookies are, and Black or Sand was nothing but a disappointment. Yeah, he's the Jar Jar Binks of Wookies. Ooh, that's fighting words. Dude, he, fight me. Go ahead. <laughs> and the strategy they had was absolutely oh, awful, too. I, I gave it a one out of five, by the way. No. We, yeah, never, that, we never did again. my score. Um, yeah, I went yeah. back to the one, the ones and the twos. <laughs> <laughs> because the last two episodes were great. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. What do you give the season as a whole? So this was tricky. I gave it a five out of 10. <clears throat> if there, if episodes five and six weren't what they were, I probably would have given this a two out of 10. That really skewed the chart, uh, like kind of like skewed the performance to me because they were so good and they were emblematic of what we want from Star Wars and everything around them was to put it nicely subpar yeah what did you think i i also gave it a five out of ten but it's because i ranked episodes five and six pretty high um and here's my thought is if they would have done chapter seven as chapter five and wrap that up 
and then done episodes five and six as six and seven to move into the Mandalorian, I think this episode would have been less disappointing because we wouldn't have had anything to have our hopes up about. I hundred percent agree with that. So absolutely. Um, I, I think, I think it was, it was a really dumb move to do the Mandalorian season three episodes one and two in the middle of princess Boba Fett and the moped riders. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is this is just more just disappointment. Like Cobb Vanth got shot in the shoulder. We saw it. He was like still moving at the end of, of episode six, right? Right. Like, have him show up leading these people. Like let him be a hero. Cause like th- this like I question now the timing, the timeline of this book because the or the, of this show, because the Battle of Jakku hasn't happened yet. Like Cobb Vanth is a character in those books, and if Disney is telling us everything is canon, and then they go and break their own canon, nothing is canon. No, right, and a lot of people were uh, well. Evidently, people thought that they were going to break the canon of the Disney, you know, the Disney uh, trilogy with yeah, this. Yeah, we and, we, and we, I, and we, we kind of had our hopes up about that too. Like, you know, well, we were I'm, honestly, camp. I no no, I mean, not in the sense of. I, I was expecting it or I hoped it was more like, Hey, if this breaks canon and it's good, I'm fine with it because obviously they don't really care about canon aside from what they do. Even if the canon is much better than some of the stuff that they've done. Uh, and that's kind of what I was talking about with Obi-Wan in the sense of Vader and how they're going to put Vader in there. And yeah. are they going to break canon there? I mean, because I would say I wouldn't be surprised well, for the simple fact they're that... They're playing with the semantics it, of that line from A New Hope. Yeah. The last time we met, I was put, you were the master, and I, I was but the learner, and you were the master. Now I am the master. Um, but, like, that, that still fits with what happened in Revenge of the Sith. Because yeah. while he was on the council, he did not hold the rank of master. This is correct. So. Yeah. Uh, this is the way. If so you know. I will say what this does, and it I, I won't say it keeps my hopes up high because, again, this is Disney and this is Disney Star Wars. I will say that considering that the best two, far and away the best two episodes were Mando episodes, mm-hmm. it does make me think that I'm, we're going to get something enjoyable for Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah. So that's where I can say that this, but for as far as Boba Fett goes, well, even for you, I mean, you talk about how you never liked Boba Fett, how they made you like him in Mandalorian. Yeah. And now they give, now you're going to be doubled down on not liking him. He was because exactly of what they did who to I him. thought he was a Disney princess. <laughs> He even has a dress. <laughs> he's got two different dresses. He's got his Tuscan dress, and then he's got his little flowy skirt that he wears with his armor now. Oh, and I'm and he's sorry, got his but gaffy it, staff. It, it, he's got yeah. He's got his he's got his little he's got his little stick, his wand, his magic wand. <laughs> he, I mean, he even has a fairy godmother in Finnick Shand. 
Who, who I did who Finnick Shan who does parkour for no reason when it doesn't matter. Um yeah. is the dumbest thing ever. It's like okay, great. Yeah. Like like Ming Na is not doing those flips off of those things. You're just having the stunt person do that because you think it looks cool and what it looks like is dumb. <laughs> yes. So there, uh, there's just, like her is about a, yeah, is about economy of motion. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. The, Especially because like she's got a, a an exposed gut now, right? Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, not 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 a fan. Like, just I w- I wasn't a fan of of this show for the most part. Um, I tried to quit it, and then they gave us the Mandalorian, and I was drawn back in. Um, and those were the two best episodes of the Mandalorian, as well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, like John, just step aside. Let 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 Bryce do everything. Actually, John, you can still write, but just let Bryce direct everything, um, and then have Dave come in and help with the like Ahsoka episodes and things like that. I'm terrified for the Ahsoka series. Terrified. Have they announced? They haven't announced anything for that, like directors or writers. No, not yet. But I mean, like, I mean, the fact that Deborah Chow, like, she did, she did. I liked her episode that she did the Mandalorian season two, but like, with for Kenobi, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's the right hands. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. You know, that's the beauty of this. Like, I can have my opinions now, but I'm also open to changing my mind. Um. But this shit right here, just Disney Star Wars is not not it. Yeah, I agree. I just and, and for everybody who's like, oh well, we have Favs and and Filoni and 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 all of that. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's the answer either, though. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because they've done, I mean, you look at some of the stuff they've done on Star Wars, Filoni particularly, it's been some good stuff. But it, it, I don't think, I, I can't see, say, Ahsoka being all day Filoni. No. Like, that's not going to happen. Well, here's the thing, though. It, is the best Ahsoka has come from Dave Filoni, right? Because right. that Ahsoka novel was awful. That uh, I forget her name now. I've purged her from my memory. The woman who wrote the Ahsoka book, like it had its high moments, but she tried to make Ahsoka gay. Plain and simple. Um, and I mean, Dave did give us the the uh, SJW twins in uh in season oh yeah seven he wait he wasted three episodes of uh seasons or four episodes of season seven there um anyway all right let's talk about jack reacher because we're at 46 minutes and uh yeah let's talk about something good all right so jack like, reacher throughout is uh the summer I, I love i found a one sentence summary jack reacher a former u.s army military policeman visits the fictional rural town of margrave georgia and quickly becomes embroiled in a violent clash with a brutal criminal conspiracy. Um, th- that right there, like, that's a great summary. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's what the book is, um, the Killing Floor. But I was I like I called you like I wasn't even done with the first episode, and like I called you and I think I texted you and I'm like I'm in I'm all in on this. 
honestly, that was one of the best first episodes of a series to start a series. Uh, it get I so here's the thing. It's like this wasn't a pilot, you know, um, right? Like Supernatural, like Supernatural is the thing in 33 are, are the two kind of pilot episodes that I really kind of hold things up to. Even though 33 mm-hmm. technically isn't a pilot, but it was the first Battlestar Galactica thing I saw because I didn't see the miniseries until I bought the season one DVD. Um, but uh, this is an excellent opening salvo to an eight episode story. I mean, this is this is just eight yes. 40 minute movies. That make one big long seven eight whatever eight hour movie, you know. Yeah, and it does what I mean. And there are some parts that don't do this, but the first episode shows you, and it doesn't tell you, and that's what you know. And we talk about this a lot when shows like Boba Fett, for example. There was a lot of telling in that last episode where it's like, dude, let the action show. We don't have to talk about what's going on. Just let us see it with the action. And they right. do that such a good good job. The first scene in Reacher, when he's walking down the highway, mm-hmm. he sees a guy, you know, seems like he's about to be, like smack his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Reacher doesn't say anything in no, that scene. Nothing. He looks at the guy. The guy gets up. The guy's like, what are you looking at? And he just kind of readjusts his look. And the guy said, sorry, won't happen again. Right. He that does, was yeah. a word. Without a word. Well, here's the thing: is that is Alan, right? Like, I, I think yeah. I think when we talk about Alan Richson, um, one, he has come so far as an actor because when he was Arthur Curry Aquaman on Smallville, he fell victim to Tom Welling face. <laughs> right. I mean, he had he right. had, he had like the blue steel mug and the pensive whatever. But then when he was Dad Castle, or Kevin Castle, if you will, because when he found out his dad died, he was Thad. Because um, he had a lisp. <laughs> you've still never watched that, have you? I still haven't watched that, no. Oh, dude, you're missing out. Um, anyway, when he was Thad Castle, that was another level. Um, and the fact that they made the, the Rise of Thadland movie, which is ridiculous and, and awful and... and really has nothing to do with Blue Mountain State as a show. Uh he's still like my favorite part of it. Um he was he's amazing as Hawk, right? He on, was the on, best part of he, he was the best part of Titans, absolutely. Um <clears throat> but uh but yeah it's just I don't I like I, he was perfect for this role. Yeah. And what what does this show us? It shows us he can, you know, in a couple scenes he can handle himself, which mm-hmm. I still think the fight scenes in this episode are the best of the series. Like just like the hand to hand fight scenes. I, I think the stuff uh, in the prison was really good. Um Yeah. So he had a mix of like Cobb McGraw, there was some more tie in there. Um you know, there was definitely some boxing, some dirty boxing. Um but I, I think the mix a fighting style and you know this is just you and i both being like martial artists or former martial artists in my case and and, and fight fans that with the size and durability that they gave him and the fighting style that they gave him i thought worked really well to help tell the story of a lifetime of being more powerful than everybody else 
Thank you, Will Robinson. And, <laughs> um, but then also having to learn how to to be that Jordan Peterson good man, right? A good man is right. a, is is a dangerous man who knows how to control it. And yeah. and you know that's what we actually as men should all strive to be, right? Well um, said. Yes. And and Jack is a very very dangerous man. Um, you know, Gene Hackman gave a speech about these kind of men at the the end of at the second half or at halftime of the uh, the replacements in the in the final game. So, <laughs> I mean, because he he doesn't have anything to lose. He's lost everything, especially because he loses. You know, he finds out he's lost Joe in, in the in the first episode. Or well, I guess second spoilers. Episode. Yeah, yeah. We have to spoil some things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just do. And I mean, I just, it's it's impossible yeah. not to. Well, um, I, I just I do like how in this first episode, and this carries throughout the whole series. So it's not just the first episode where he breaks down Finley uh, with Malcolm Goodwin's character about you know just by viewing him over a couple hours, he breaks him down for the most part of who he is and why he's there and all this stuff. And that shows the, that right there, that scene tells you he, he, his re, he, how he can read people, how he can, you know, analyze something like see, see something and analyze it and put it in emotion. And this is something that carries over throughout the whole series or the, throughout the whole season, I should say. And again, <clears throat> somebody could have, they could have been uh, less, Strong storytelling could have told us this, that he was good at this. Instead, they showed us. And and it for the most part, the series does a good job of showing and not having to tell us. And that's one of the things I appreciated about this series is that it does what good storytelling does in the sense of especially visual medium. It shows us things. It doesn't give us these long monologues to explain something. It says, okay, these people... And again, there are parts that you have to do that, especially because this was kind of a whodunit mystery mm-hmm. and what's going on that every episode yep. carries the story forward. And that's what I like. I thought the pacing, yep. if, you know, eight episodes, the pacing was good. It never felt like it was bogged down, really. It, it felt and, a little fast, if anything. That was like that was my yeah, big. Yeah, a little bit. I told you that was my big concern. It's like all of this happens in about the span of a week. And you weren't sure if this was happening in the span of a week, a month, a day. You know, it was just kind of like, you know, there there was a couple of nights that they threw in there. But like when he flew to New York at that one point uh, in season or in episode five or six, um, it was like, okay, like, wait, what? Wait, how long? What? <laughs> how long has this been going on? You know, <laughs> so. Um, but, yeah, I, I think. I think they did such a good job with the writing. I think uh, I think KJ uh, Kleiner's kid turned out to be such a great like MacGuffin-y villain. Yeah, I, and it's funny you say that because I actually had the biggest problem with the villains from Bruce McGill, you know, Mayor slash Chief of Police Teal. Right. He was a oh, he was over the top Southern guy. Um, Kleiner Senior who's played by Curry Graham, which, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of those guys you, you've seen, we've seen in yep. tons of stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, and I thought KJ was okay. I did like the twist we got with him. Yeah. I just wasn't Chris Webster's 
Like he was, I, I appreciated what he was trying to bring, but it just didn't quite work for sure. me. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, this wasn't a story about villains. It was about, you know, Reacher. It was about Finley. It was about Willa Fitzgerald's Roscoe. They were all great. And I love the chemistry and how they played off one another. And yeah. they, they were, I mean, that cast and also Maxwell Jenkins, as young Reacher, mm-hmm. Will Robinson, yep. what, I thought he was great. He ca- he captured what we saw Alan Rickson doing yep. as you know the older Reacher, oh, yeah. and I thought that was great. And and Joe too, right? Like, and we don't actually meet adult Joe until a flashback at the end. And yeah, you learn that Joe's the stronger one of the two of them, and it has nothing to do with who could rip the door off of an armored car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it was, it was, it was really, really good. Uh, Martin Roach as Picard was really good. Um, who he was the one general from the expanse, um, Mm -hmm. that was the cooler head that tried to prevail and didn't, uh, Kristen Kruk with the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. Um, (laughs) did you ever watch the, uh, the TV show life in pieces? No, but I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. I so never watched that. The the one middle daughter, Sam, like she had a beautiful singing voice and they did uh they were doing the play, the musical, and it was uh, Hannibal Lecter, the musical, right? And she wanted to be a Clary Starling and she didn't get the role. And the girl who got the role couldn't sing, but she could act. And so Andy Richter was the, the music teacher. He's like, well, here, let's let me show you why she didn't get the role. So she does the singing part. She does it beautifully. And then she goes to act and she's like I'm telling you, Doctor Lector, like, like it was the worst. <laughs> like, it was like Brian Kelly's Southern accent when he was introduced as head coach at LSU. Oh, like God, that's how that bad. was. He was like, "I'm so happy to be here at LSU. Playing, being the coach at LSU may have been the opportunity of your life, and I want. They t- I want your. They should have torn up his contract when he did that." <laughs> They should have just gone and got James Vanderbeek if 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 they wanted someone to do a pretend <laughs> bad Southern accent. So um, that that came and went as the movie went on. Dude, John Moxon, great or uh, Matthew Moxon, great character. Um, no, it was John, right? John, John Moxon in Varsity Blues. Oh, oh, yeah, it was I, John. I, was, yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, because it's John yeah. Moxley, and then. In Blake Northcott's book, Arena Mode, it's Matthew Moxon. So, and they all three go by Mox. So it's very confusing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I I, I thought this was really good. I, I like the cyclical nature of how the relationships went through. Um, I didn't care about the right like the writing was so good. Um, like Nick Santora as the showrunner, I think. He directed, uh, or I'm sorry, he wrote the first and last episodes, right? Um, it was a different director for every episode, it looks like. But everything was just so well put together. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It looks like Scott, so Nick Santorum wrote one and two. A guy named Scott Sullivan wrote, or, or one and uh, eight, sorry. Scott Sullivan wrote two, five, and seven. And then, oh yeah, so it was just a couple writers. I mean, th- there there were a total of four writers for the eight episodes. Um, so I mean, it was it was a relatively ro- small writing staff and everything, but 
the intrigue was there. The you know with Teal kind of like wondering like how bad was Teal. Um, that was interesting. Um, I like I thought Roscoe was an amazing character. Ro- Roscoe was yeah. like that character you were rooting for the whole time. Yeah, and again, this is an example of how you write strong female characters. Oh yeah, you want a strong, I mean, powerful woman. And, you know, and I mean, she was whiny about how strong and powerful she was. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like it wasn't she was she wasn't overbearing. She was great and she was smart and capable. But when it came to the part where like those guys came to kill her and she wasn't there and she realized that Reacher is the only one who could like really save her. Mm-hmm. There was no argument from her for the rest of the time. She was like, I have a job to do, and the only way I'm going to do it is if I have this guy watching my back. Yeah. And giving him a reach around in the shower. <laughs> I knew that joke was going to come in somewhere. Oh, dude, she's I, so I almost said something like, about it. One, yeah. Well, I almost said it she... when we were talking about the first oh, part. Or yeah. We were talking about season two oh. getting renewed. <laughs> Uh, she she reached back around to visit season two. Now, here's the thing, though, is I don't know if any of this supporting cast is going to be around in season two, which is sad. But based on, but I think the book he's, re- he's very much like the Hulk. You know, he just travels like the mm-hmm. the um the Bill Bixby Hulk, where he just travels from town to town doing good, or he's Kane from Kung Fu, um, without the. Mm-hmm. Exfiltration in the motel room, um, but it's <laughs> horrible. Sorry, David Carradine. Uh, no, I'm not. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. All right, so out of ten, because we're we're running at about an hour here. So out of ten mm-hmm. pieces of Georgia peach pie, see, Kristen, that's how you do it. Uh, what do you <laughs> give this? I gave it an eight out of ten. I thought this was uh really really strong opening season it, there wasn't a lot of wasted time in here no and again like we mentioned before if just, anything just like there Jack's were moments where it was a style there wasn't a lot of wasted motion yeah yeah there was uh yeah that's actually a great point and yeah okay yeah it was it was rushed into some areas i was a little disappointed with the finale not the as far as how it wrapped up but more the that final fight in the warehouse. I thought there was some clunkiness about that. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a nitpick. Yeah, but it's a nitpick. But the things that were important, the story, the way it laid out, and it, it gave us some surprises. You know, characters you were, you thought were, you know, oh, this character's not going to survive or this right. character's going to survive. This character's a good guy. He's, so it, it, it did a good job of giving us some surprises, especially considering that we haven't read the book. So we right. didn't know it was coming. Right. Uh, I would be interested to see how close it was to the books. But based on what Lee Child said, I, it seems like, you know, they did a good job going with the source material. So eight out of 10. I'm very happy this is getting a second season. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad, like you just mentioned, if the, the supporting cast probably will not play a role considering right. how he just goes from town to town. But hey, we have the most important character, you know, Alan Rickson as Reacher. Yep. He he's the embodiment of Reacher, mm-hmm. and I and I'm I'm looking forward because I you know I love him in Titans. I'm looking forward to see what he does with this character down the line. Yeah, I've been a fan since Paul Abdul tried to hump him on uh, American Idol when he was giving his uh, 
his first audition. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up. Dude, I didn't even realize. You definitely that. have to look it up. She is she is in love with him. Like you know, um, and he, he had an okay singing voice. Like, but you know, he, he he definitely got through because of you know his looks, um, and his abs. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, I like I went eight and a half out of ten. So this is one of the, this is one of the rare occasions where I went higher than you because I'm I'm usually much more negative. Uh, I'm not. Ne- I, no, I'm let, let me rephrase that. I'm not negative. I'm more discerning. Um, and that's not a bad thing. But and that's not a knock on you. But yeah, I just like I think eight point five. There, it's got a ton. It's got a ton of upside, right? Like it can mm-hmm. actually go up from here, from where it is, which is what has me super excited. Yeah, and and that's yeah, that's what that's where what I like about this as long as they stay with that formula keep the creative team I think this show can go on for several years strong. How many books are there? And just continue know? to get better. I think there's like 20 books or something Jeez, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm crazy 15. like that. There are 15. Okay. Um, the last of which is called The Fourth Man, which does not give me when it came out. Uh, yeah. I do like how he calls him a vagrant, and then he he always is referring to himself as a hobo. A hobo, um, yeah. <laughs> but hobo means homeward bound. Like, hobo isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Go watch Reacher. <laughs> do it go, do it go, do it that was the coolest thing about star wars celebration in 2019 is when we saw the rise of skywalker trailer and everybody lost their collective shit because that first trailer was amazing and then e mcdonald came out and he goes play it again <laughs> <laughs> and everybody lost their collective shit again it was amazing um all right so just to recap don't watch the book of boba fett just watch the Mandalorian season three, episode one and two, which for inexplicable reasons take place in the middle of um, the book of Princess Boba Fett series one, hopefully just the mini series. Um, definitely watch Reacher. Definitely check out Terror on the Prairie. Um, be- Shut in. As well, yeah, we didn't we'll, mention we'll, that. To, we're we're we, gonna watch Shut In. We're gonna reshoot view. I said I said we we're gonna review it like on Tuesday or something. Um, yeah, you know, be cautiously optimistic for the Discovery Warner Media merger. Um, be pragmatic about Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, be excited for Reacher, and be excited for the uh, the interview that's gonna happen with someone big. Um, it might be Daryl's dad. That's weird. Well, I mean, your dad is awesome. He gave us you. Well, yeah, Aww. but that's kind of weird. I'm going to interview Jess. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Well, if I don't have to bring her up on stage, I think she'd be okay. Yeah, no, she wouldn't. She's already told me. No. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So, Well, I'd say you need to come up and record, but there's no room for you to record right now because there's a tv and 3d printer where you would sit so yeah all right anyway well 
Uh, on that note, anything else to add? Nope. Going to be a fun weekend. And hopefully, when you are all listening to this, we're preparing for Super Bowl 55, I believe. Six. And a Bengals victory. It's 55, 56. Whatever. So, Doesn't matter. Uh, Bengals victory. Yeah. That's what sure, we're looking for. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, check out our Patreon. And um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, go check out my interview with Aaron. It was awesome. He was great. Um, it, it's it's so great. He was a he was a he taught film studies. He and I had a great conversation like off air about that because like, oh I'm, I'm looking I'm gonna I almost, have to listen to that I almost, tomorrow. I almost did finished that. listening like, to that. That was almost my life. Um, so anyway, thank you all for listening. Have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. We'll talk to you later. Bye. See you. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>